Well, welcome back to The Purple Book. We're excited to be here with you today talking about doctrine, which we're both really passionate about. Um, if you want to help us to get the word out, what you can do is like this and then subscribe. It just lets people that you are in touch with on social media kind of get a link to it. So it's like your way of getting the word out, right? Yeah. So it's always very good to be able to do that. Anything else you want to say before we uh, start yeah, so, pray? So this week we are in the book, Purple Book. If you're following along, we're starting with chapter five. Mm-hmm. It is spiritual hunger in God's word. Um, we are skipping chapter four. Pastor John and Teresa will be revisiting that next week for you guys. Yep. Um, so we just wanted to make sure you're able to follow along that way. If you look at chapter four, you're going to be going, what are they talking about? Yep, yep. <laughs> Jumped ahead one week. One week. One week. And so we're going to talk about spiritual hunger and God's word today. So that's good. So in order to get into God's presence, we always want to start with some prayer. Awesome. So Father God, we thank you for today. Lord, as we get ready to study your word and, and just talk about the importance of it and, and what is the word of God. I pray for us as we're speaking, God, that if you want to say something different, Lord, that you would speak to us while we're talking. God, I pray for those who are watching now and, and later, God, that you would open their heart, mind, and ears to what you have to say in your word today, God, that yes. that this would be good seed that is planted and would cause us all to grow, God. We don't want this just to be head knowledge, but life application. So we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So on page uh, 55 of our book is where we kind of start. And the main scriptures that we start with are right there. So David in uh, Psalm 119, 97, 98, 105, and 114. So this is a lot of like Psalm put together. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands are always with me. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. I have put my hope in your word. Mm. That is... Very counterintuitive, I feel like sometimes when we hear somebody say they love your law. Like, it's not something you hear people say nowadays. No, you think of law and you think of bondage. Yeah, you, <laughs> you think know? of, like, strict rules. So it's that just sets the tone for the difference here. And the second one is Jesus speaking in Matthew 4.4. 4. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Mm. So, so powerful. Mm. So powerful. So I just, I actually, I, we didn't talk about this before, but I had a question. Like, growing up, what did you think about the Bible? Like, as a kid or a teen? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, so growing up, I definitely would have thought that the Bible was a rule book. Yeah. Um, it was, I mean, I'm just going to sound like the bad guy. It was just an old <laughs> book. You know what I mean? It, it, I, I, as a teenager, grew up in church. My dad was a pastor. Um, we did church on Sunday mornings, but, mm-hmm. but because... My dad would get up early in the morning because he was full-time pastor, but also worked a full-time job. Mm-hmm. He'd get up super early in the morning. That's when he would take his time to pray. So as a kid, I never, like, obviously, I'm not getting up at three in the morning for prayer. You You're know, not? as a kid, yeah. <laughs> but, but but I missed, I missed out on that. And so what I saw in church wasn't necessarily what I saw at home because what I saw at home was in private. You know, so for me, church was about just we showed up. It was what my parents did. It really didn't have an impact in my life until later um, when when I had a real salvation moment with God. Then I started getting into the Bible for myself. It it translated from what we did as a family to what I believe as a person. And then then I started getting into it. So that was kind of like a long answer. But yeah, no, but I just I think it's important for people to realize that even people who are in ministry haven't always been like, oh, the Bible. Yeah. I want to be in the Bible all the time. Like growing up for me, I grew up Episcopalian mm-hmm. and um, 
And the Bible was something that was carried. <laughs> Just the name. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> and the Bible was something that was carried down the aisle in the middle of the service. And the cross had to lead it there. And it was open. And it was, thanks be to the word of God. I mean, it was this really, like, stiff thing. Mm. And then I walked away from the Lord. And then I came back and... When I had my salvation with the Lord, that's when I really got a spiritual hunger, which is what we're going to talk about today. Mm. And and you can't have that without the Word of God. So, but well, you can't have that without being born again. I good, think that's good that, clarification. That's the clarification. Like, and and we'll get into all that. But but yeah, you, unless you're born again, unless you really come to Jesus, and some people yeah. think, well, I've never had that big moment where. Everything stopped in the room and God's oh, yeah. it's it's not And I didn't either. Yeah, it's it's not always <laughs> like that. Now I had a radical experience like that, but for most people that's not the norm. No. It's well, a gradual heart transformation. Correct. Would you agree? I yeah. mean for a lot of people, that's how it was for me. It was a gradual thing. Yeah. But I would say like we can't have that spiritual hunger after being born again if we don't get into God's word. Right, right. So as we were talking, um, one of the things we want to clarify for you is we, you hear that. You heard the word of God, the word of God. You, you hear that a lot. And it can really reference three different things. So it can reference. Uh, it can reference the power behind creation. Yep. God spoke creation into being. So it's the word of God. It can reference the Bible, which is what really we're going to talk about today. This being the word of God. And it can also represent Jesus as a person. Yes. So there's three different modes in that. Again, real quick, we want to cover that. It represents the power behind creation. God spoke, everything came into existence. The word can reference the message of salvation. When when you hear it's like a churchy lingo language, mm-hmm. preach that word, pastor. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but, but that's what they're referencing. They're talking yeah. about the message of salvation, sin, redemption, the cross, mm-hmm. Christ returning. Yeah. That's what it means. And then lastly, it can represent um, the person of who Jesus is. Yes. And and I, I do want to tie this in. We got talking before we started filming, but but I think it's important to understand that when we look at the Bible, I like this. This comes right from the purple book, page 55. It says that the Bible is more than a collection of stories, mm. poems, and letters. It is the voice of God communicating with us. Amen. It's the voice of God. And, and Jesus said that my sheep will know my voice. Yeah. And, and, and it's hard to know God's voice if we're not spending time in the word. Because Jesus said, it yes. is my voice. So, mm-hmm. so, yeah, we just wanted to set that foundation as we're getting ready to get into this. And clear up confusion because there's so many things that are confusing when you're, when you're learning how to be a Christian, right? Mm. When you're learning the lingo of the church and you're learning how to read the word, which is is so important. There's a lot of things that can be confusing. I still get some things that I'm like, what does that mean? I haven't been yeah. a Christian long enough to know what that means. I don't know what you did 20 years ago in the church. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't never be know. ashamed to ask. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe not you, but no. Never be ashamed to ask is, the, is that there's no shame in asking. There's shame in misrepresenting God and yes. his word. Yes, yes. Um, so the first section, if we look at, at, at lesson one in the purple book, is talking about, you know, the authority, the power of the word. And the last time I had the pleasure of teaching, I showed you a book that just said how, you know, scripture is proven to be God breathed. And of course, that in and of itself is going to give you a lot of authority. But there are so many uses. There are so many good things. You looking up that first one there? Yes. Okay. Um, so while he's doing that, just to say... If, if you had never um, 
heard your your mother speak to you or your father speak to you, and then they walk through the halls and you heard someone talking, you would not know it was them. Mm. Agreed? If we, and we don't, many of us, some do, many of us, most of us, don't hear God audibly speak to us. So the only way that we're going to know the sound of his voice is how he speaks to us in this word. So that when we're out and we hear something or we're asking for discernment on something, we'll know his voice because we know his word. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's break that down a little bit because I think that's so important because a lot of Christians are be like, I don't know how to hear the voice of God. And they yeah. think that God speaks just like I'm speaking today to yeah. you. You know what I mean? Nope. And, and God will for some people. But, I, I, you know, as a pastor, most of the time that God is speaking to me is after I've spent time in prayer, but I've also spent time in his word. And God will bring his word to remembrance, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that is how he'll bring answers to my life. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's, that's key. Remember, we're saying that the word of God is represented in creation the message of salvation and the per- person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, my sheep will know my voice, the word of God, the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to use that for the less, rest of this teaching just because it can get confusing. The, the Bible. Bible is the voice of God. And, and, and we want to make sure in order to hear from God and hear God answer our prayers, we need to spend time in his word because he will always back up his word. I like what you said, though. Like often when you find that you're hearing from him, it's after prayer. Mm-hmm. And reading the Bible, right? Yeah. So it's the reading of the Bible is us, like, you know, just getting into his voice. And then prayer time, I just want to encourage you, prayer time is not always about your brain working and talking to God. Yeah. You need to just be still. Yeah. If you want to, like, really receive. So that's just that's an aside. a challenge sometimes. Oh, it's a real challenge, especially for type A people. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So prayer yeah. So we want to we want you to go to Acts chapter six, verse four. We're going to take a look at that. And the question from Purple Book is, what were the top two priorities for the early church leaders? Mm-hmm. Now, to give you context, Jesus had just ascended into heaven. The Holy Spirit had come down. Peter has emerged as a predominant church leader. He preaches his first sermon. Three thousand people are added to the church. It continues to grow. And, and, and God is doing some incredible things. And now the ministry is expanding to a level that... Mm. These people were like, we don't know what to do. So they assigned other leaders to take care of the ministry. So the pastors, the apostles, Peter, and the other disciples, they found people who were willing to pick up the task. They did the outreach ministry. They did some of these other ministries because they said in Acts chapter 6 verse 4 that we, the apostles, need to spend our time in prayer and teaching of the word. Mm-hmm. That the those who were preaching the gospel, they needed their time focused. They weren't saying that these other things were bad, but they were saying that in order for us to lead effective lives, we need to first give ourselves to prayer and teaching of the word. And as we were studying this lesson, like to me, it was the first time this blew, this blew me away because, you know, I, I tend to be a big Bible guy. Yeah. You know, not just because I'm a pastor, but I'm a Bible guy because I believe it's important to teach it accurately yes. and correctly. Mm-hmm. But but when I read this passage, they weren't diminishing that, but they were saying the first priority was being with Jesus in prayer. Absolutely. And 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 so that was cool. So it's something that stood out to me. You know, we, we need to spend time before God. And as we do that, when we go to his word, that's when God speaks back to us. Yeah. Yeah. And as we as we kind of move forward... Um, with some of this, 
we get into um, Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. So if you go there, um, I know, Mari, I'm jumping ahead. That's okay. Messing up the order. That's okay. <laughs> I can follow. I can follow. <laughs> But it tells us what scripture is useful for. So, yes, they're spending time in prayer. But in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it says all scripture is, and I'm not even, you know what? I should read it. Don't, let me not just read my notes. Go ahead. You talk about this stuff and I'll bring up 2 Timothy. (laughs) This is what happens when we jump ahead. Yeah, I know. That's all right. That's all right. So as we're studying that, the apostles give themselves to prayer. They give themselves to the ministry of the word. And as Paul is out preaching in Ephesus, we see that that God is showing up in a supernatural way. The message of the gospel is going out. People are getting saved. People are getting healed. God's power is on display. And so now we'll tag in. Are you there? Yeah. Okay. Unless you have something else to say. No. Don't get old. Then you need glasses. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's all good. He's not old and he needs glasses. Um, all right. So <laughs> Second Timothy. 3, 16, and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, which I think is amazing, and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So in addition to being able to hear God's voice by by knowing his this it does so much else and that's why those early church leaders needed to be in it how are they going to know how to teach the people how are they going to know how to lead the people if they weren't able just to dig in spend time with god be in his presence so study the word and study the word so doctrine we i mean we've defined that but that's really kind of what this course is um go ahead you define it again because you define it better than i do doctrine is simply statements of faith that we pull from scripture Right. We, we look at the encompasses of Genesis to Revelation, and we find key statements of faith that's true throughout all the books, and we pull it out and highlight it. It's, it's simplifying the 66 books. Yeah. Now it says reproof, right? That's kind of like a big fancy, like, thou art type of a word to me. Yeah. So I looked it up because that's what I do when I don't know exactly what it means. It's an expression of blame or disapproval. So not only are we going to get how we should live from here, mm-hmm. we're also going to get the, that's not how you should live, <laughs> the right. disapproval, right? Don't do it that way. Um, that's the correction to instruction in righteousness. Okay, so righteousness is being in right standing with God. So if we want to be in right standing, yeah. which we can only do through Jesus, truly. Yeah. If we want to be striving towards being more like Jesus, then we need to be able to know the word of God. Yeah. The and, Bible. And, and, be, and be teachable from, yes. from all levels. You know, pastors on down, we all need to be teachable to what the Word of God is. Because we're all, we're all subject to error. We can study all our lives and still get something messed up. Yes. You know, so open to correction um, and, and, and allow the Word of God to teach us. And I would say that, too. One of my best Bible teachers always said, don't take my word for it. Mm. Never take my word for it. Look it up for yourself. Go into the Scriptures yourself. And yes, you want to be able to turn to people and say, oh, I I trust what you're saying is what you believe is true. But always research for yourself and take the word of somebody else. But don't always just say, oh, well, Pastor Jonathan said it. It must be absolute truth. Sorry. Well, you can believe it. No. Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. But but, but listen, I think that's important to you because I want to emphasize this. That's why we should be bringing our Bibles to church. Now, I know a lot of technology has changed. We can pull up our Bible on my phone. I use that as well. 
But heaven forbid one day that that's not accessible. If we don't know how to use a physical Bible, mm-hmm. if we don't know how to turn to those pages and study those pages and hold them and, 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 and reverence, then, then we're going to be in trouble. Yeah. I don't want that to be a lost skill in the church. No. I love my books. I yeah. love my Bible. Yeah. Um, so at this point in the purple book, we're, in, we're kind of in the middle of lesson two. And it, it says a really something that I think is important. And it says that we need to not just have magical memory verses. So again, not knowing church lingo, when I first came into the church, I was like, I don't know what that means. What's a memory verse? Yeah. <laughs> but basically, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think it could be a bad thing if that's as far as you ever take it. Mm. But a memory verse is just you memorizing God's word memorizing a verse in the Bible. And we want that because it tells us in Psalm 119, 11 that we hide God's word in our hearts so that we may not sin against him. And so it's important. But if you memorize it and you don't apply it, then it's wasted. Right, right. David said, even when we opened up, he said that how I love your law, I meditated on it all day long. Mm. You know, it's this, this attitude of I'm going to not just read to get my devotional done or read to get a chapter done. It's let me, yeah, let me pause. (laughs) I mean, I want, I I challenge myself this year because sometimes we, we have these awesome goals. We want to do the Bible plan in a year. I think those are great goals, but if, if we don't take time to meditate on the word and say, okay, well, I don't want to just rush this. Yeah. Let me pause here. God is speaking to me. Let me, let me not go ahead and let me just think on it. God will do so much in that. Yes. You know, so, so how we approach the Bible is very important. We don't want this to be a checklist. We want this to be the voice of God. I believe God speaks to us in every season, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and sometimes we just got to, if we're listening (laughs) and so, and, and, and we just need to be willing to sometimes pause and say, okay, let me, let me focus on that. And, and I want to actually hit on that too, because David said meditate. Meditation's not a bad, dangerous word. Oh, yeah. Christian, there, there is a difference between meditation and Christian meditation. You know, meditation for the world focuses on emptying your mind, clearing your thoughts, being open to whatever. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Focus on your third eye. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> but Christian meditation is the opposite. It's clearing one's mind to focus on God's word. Amen. And, and that's, that's what we want to focus on. So when you hear meditation or you hear us reading you know how David uses that word. He's talking about focusing on the voice of God. Yeah, focusing on the Bible. So I, I wanted to clear that up before, because uh, it, it came to my mind like, oh, that might be a stumbling block for people. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's not to say. And I will say this: like every everyone's journey is different, and so don't if if we're saying something and you're like, oh, well, I I do that, or oh, I thought that. It's okay. Yeah. Like. I had a lot of misconceptions. That's why, I mean, we've used this word before, sanctification. We are not perfect. We're never going to be perfect. That's only Jesus. So we are just trying to get better. And so there's no shame in saying, oops, I had a misconception about that. I need to change that. Or, oh, I used before I knew the Lord, I used to sit and meditate. Doesn't make me a bad person. Just means I was not well, I wasn't, I didn't, didn't know the Lord yet. So right. it was, a, I was right. in a different state of mind. So, right. yeah. Right, right. All, All right. right. So we want to get into some quick benefits of God's word. We're going to talk about that briefly um, before we go forward. So some benefits of the word of God. Psalms 1, 1 through 3 talks about that the person is like a tree. So, so again, using that word meditation, he who meditates on the word of God is a mm. person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in seasons and whose leaves never wither. 
whatever they do prospers. I love that because, you know, God is saying, if you focus on my voice, if you focus on my word, it doesn't matter what season of life you're in. Yeah. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. It doesn't matter what's going on here in America. You'll bear fruit. And whatever you do will prosper. I, I used to pray that way. Like, God, I just want Joseph's blessing. When I go into my workplace, that's always been my prayer. No matter what job I held, mm. God, I just want Joseph's blessing. Whatever he did prospered. You blessed him. It blessed people who mistreated him. It blessed people who didn't know him. It blessed people that, that disregarded him and, 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 and forgot about him. Remember, he was left in prison while other people were promoted. But whatever he did prospered. God, I want that. I want that blessing. That's your verse right there. Yeah. Meditate on the word of God. But that's just it. See, I think we need to clarify because some people may not know Joseph's story. Right. Joseph never stopped glorifying the Lord. Mm. He never stopped believing. He never stopped praying. No matter what his external situations were, he was a lot like Job in that way. So you can read both of those stories and get a lot out of that. Yeah. So to have Joseph's blessing, you had to have Joseph's heart. Right. 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 But you can have that. It's a promise in the Bible, mm-hmm. that if you focus on the word of God, if you focus on the voice of God, you have to work hard, but whatever you do, God will bless you and prosper. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you can be a blessing so you can be a blessing to others. That, that's the heart. Yes. Um, so going forward, there's some benefits for believers. We're going to keep reading. Psalms 119, 98 through 100 says that the word of God makes me wiser and grants me more understanding. Mm-hmm. If we read the full passage, it says it makes me wiser than my adversaries. It makes me wiser than those who are plotting my downfall. I mean, this this is good. Like yeah. David is, is David. Yeah, David's exposing his heart yeah. that that there are people who want my destruction. There are people. Not everybody's for us, mm. but the word of God will give me more understanding mm-hmm. to overcome the challenges in front of me. Yeah. Psalms one nineteen one hundred five says that the word of God gives me direction. Psalms 119, 165, that the word of God gives me peace. The, Paul also yes. says that, that when we focus on God, when we focus on his word, when we fix our mind on him, he keeps our minds and hearts in perfect peace. Yeah. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22 says that the word of God brings life and health to us. So th- some of you are like, wow, this is a lot we're kind of unpacking. Yeah. Let's go back to the very beginning. What were the three different ways that the word of God is referred to? Number one, it's the power behind creation. It's a lot of power. God's voice, yeah. God's breath, it's the power behind creation. Number two, it's the message of salvation and it is the person of Jesus Christ. When I'm focused in on God's voice, And when I'm focused in on the message of the cross, when I'm focused in on the person of Jesus, it brings health to us. It brings life to us Mm -hmm. because that's who brought life to this universe in the first place. Yes. Did you want to add anything to No, I just think that it's, it's hard to believe when you're, when you haven't experienced it, Mm. right? So Mm -hmm. hearing all that and going, wow, I can have all that. Yeah, but we're human, and so you're not going to have it all all the time. There's still moments of weakness. There's still moments when I'm, like, laying on my floor and my prayers sound more like sobs than they do, like, yeah. <laughs> reverent prayers. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's it's a process, but it is all there. And, and it's a choice, too, because, like you said, yes. we, we may not have that all the time and all at once, but Paul says that we got to work on that. Give every thought captive. Make it mm. obedient to Christ Jesus. What is he saying? Every thought that comes into your mind, to your spirit, whatever, measure it up to the word of God. Yeah. What is it saying to you? 
You know, if, if and it, I was talking to somebody else about this yesterday. Mm. This is our tangent. <laughs> but but we're talking, we're, we're really focusing on the voice of God. Mm. God's word is encouraging. It can bring correction, but it, it always lifts you up. It's pointing you to his voice. He sees you as a son. He sees you as a daughter. That's and your position in Christ. Yes, and he loves you. Mm. But when you start hearing voices in your head or thoughts, you're not crazy. We live in a supernatural realm. The demonic does exist. And, and the Bible teaches that Satan is the accuser of the brother, meaning he puts you down. He belittles you. When he says you're not enough or he says you'll never get out of that habit or you'll never get out of that hangup or that you're too fat or you're too ugly, you'll never have a better marriage, you'll never know the word of God, you'll, you'll always be different. Those voices right there, that's what we give captive and make it obedient under Christ. Absolutely. That, that is the essential essence of spiritual warfare. It's learning to discern whose voice is speaking to you in that moment. Mm-hmm. Both voices are speaking. Mm-hmm. Who are we listening to? Yep. And every day that's a believer's decision. Oh, yeah. It's a daily surrender. And that is why you have to go into the word every day. Yes. That's why it's not just, oh, I'm going to pray on Sunday. Maybe I'm going to pray on Wednesday. I'm going to read my devotional once or twice or my Bible once or twice this week. It's, yeah. It is a daily surrender. It is a daily battle because we are living on this earth in this place. Yeah. And that's where I think we kind of get into this spiritual hunger. Um, well, can we touch on this real quick? Yeah, I think what this else? is a good time to go into that. We didn't mark that. But but how did Jesus overcome oh, yeah. temptation and defeat the devil? Because I think that's important. We opened that door. Let's, let's focus on that. The word, he knew the word. of God. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. He knew the word in its context. Satan knew the word, too, and he brought it to him. Yes. Yeah, see, that's it. Because, and, and I think that's a valid point. Yeah. Satan will use the word of God. He knows it, too. Yeah. He will not use it accurately. Yes. He will use it out of context. He will use it. God will never use his word to try to defeat you or to get you down. He will only use his word to edify you. And sometimes there's correction in that. Right. right. That's not defeatism. That's not you'll never amount to. You can't. Right. That's, you should do better by doing this. <laughs> it's yeah. very different in the way that it's presented. Yeah. It's like the difference between somebody saying, what, if you ask them a question and what? You know, like yeah. there's a difference in inflection and you just have to listen for it. But you won't know the sound of his voice if you don't know the Bible. <laughs> right, right, right. All right. We're going into spiritual hunger in God's word. We're going to land the plane here because this is, this is a shorter uh, section and we just want to simplify it. So I'll let you go ahead and do that. Um, okay, I just want to say, first of all, that it, when you start, the way that you have spiritual hunger is through salvation. You're going to get, when you get saved and when you give your life to the Lord, then he's going to start to create that spiritual hunger. I will say that as we are reading the word, sometimes it has to be forced at first. Right. Right? right. You have to make the commitment. But once you get into this, you were, he's going to draw you back again and again and again. And the book likens it to, and we were discussing it, your body can't live without food or water for very long. I actually looked it up. No water for three days, no food for three to eight weeks, depending on how much water you have. Your spirit, your soul cannot live and thrive without the word of God. Mm. So. Let's let's break that down. What we're saying is that at, like your body starts to die when you don't like nourish it. Your spirit mm-hmm. man starts to die when you're not hearing the voice of God and spending time with him. And, and, and that's important. And one way we can gauge that is do you have a natural desire to be in his word? 
which doesn't it doesn't always I'm going to be right. I'm just being really honest like I started with a devotional I could do when I could brush my teeth because I was so busy and that was not I mean now I have you know hours with him every day of just meditating and and doing things with him um, I'm trying to find a scripture to close with here uh, and it, it just it changes mm. it just it changes that's all I can say so we're just going to we're going to finish with um with a scripture in Luke, Luke 6, 47 and 49, because it really talks about being obedient because part of this was obedience, you know, like we want to be obedient with God's word. So it starts by saying, and this is Jesus, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. Now, here's the opposite. So that right there, Jesus was saying that was somebody who builds on his word, on the rock of Jesus. Builds their lives on his word. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying. Now, if we go into verse 49, but he who heard... And did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. The stream here is life. Okay, we live in a fallen world and life is complicated. So the question is, we not only have to read it, we have to obey it. Mm -hmm. And if we don't obey it, then the pressures of this life, they're just going to wash us away. If we obey it, we come to him in prayer. If we come to him and we read his word, that's when we're strengthened. That's when all those promises that Pastor Jonathan was talking about become ours because we're surrendering our thoughts. We're living according to his word and we're being obedient to what it says. So that's a little bit of an encouragement and a little bit of a be careful. Yeah. And and, and I'll take the moment to say it. It, It's... It's not often talked about in in most modern churches right now, but I think it's like a lost art of scripture. Remember, we read from 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 that the word of God is also used for correction. Mm -hmm. And and we need to be open to correction from friends, from mentors, from pastors, um, because really like God gives us as staff and as pastors the role of shepherding your growth with the Lord. Yeah. And and we're held accountable for that. What we say, what we don't say, what we do, what we don't do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not responsible for your decisions. But at the core of our heart, when we're studying the Word of God and we're walking through life with you, we want God's best for you. Absolutely. And that's why we always point you back to Scripture. So, you you know, it, it just like somebody working out. I remember when I was working as a trainer, not everybody liked the correction you gave as a trainer, but we did it for your benefit. Not everybody likes the spiritual correction that... That sometimes we have to point out as pastors and church leaders, but we're doing it for your benefit because we want what's best for you. Yeah, just like a parent. Yeah. You're not going to let your child get away with everything in the world when you know it's not good for them. Right. Um, sometimes the correction that God gives us is gentle, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's not so gentle. Yeah. David said his, that God's rod and staff comfort him. You know, so okay. the the rod is, is a little weird, right? The, the rod's for beating. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
But anyway, let's let's take a moment to pray. You know, the the core of today's doctrinal message is that the word of God is powerful. Yes. It's found in three different categories. We we believe that the word of God was behind the driving force of creation. Mm. We believe that it was the message of salvation in the cross. And finally, the word of God is found in the person of Jesus. John said that the word became flesh and walked among us. Yes. That God's spoken word became manifested in a person, and that's Jesus. And he lived among us. If if we're his sheep, if we're his children, we need to know his voice. We know that by spending time in the word of God. Let's mm-hmm. pray. Do you want to close us out? Sure. Father God, we are so grateful. We're not grateful just for your word, but for all that you do in our lives. Lord, the way that you use other people to help guide us and correct us and the way that you use your presence. Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you that we live in a place where we can freely and openly study your word and have these conversations. So many are not so lucky. So we pray that anything that fell into a heart of someone who was listening, Lord, that it would just, they would bring it to you and you would guide them to discover what it is you had for them in this. We pray for a hunger, a hunger to read your word, to just live by your word, not just for those who are listening, but also for ourselves, that we would never continue or never stop continuing to grow and to grow closer to you. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Yeah. See you later.